This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. The Prime Minister says Canadians can continue to have confidence in the country's immigration system despite the 7,000 asylum seekers who've crossed illegally into Quebec from the U.S. Have a listen. If we are a country that is open to immigrants and refugees, it is because Canadians have confidence in the integrity of our immigration and refugee system. And the integrity of that system is being supported and protected and remains in place. How confident are you in Canada's immigration system in light of this surge of unexpected guests? What's the solution now that these people have fled for the protection of Canada? Your calls are welcome this half hour, 416-360-0740 or one 740 Prime Minister Trudeau attended a provincial federal task force meeting yesterday in Montreal where ideas were discussed and some plans put in place to deal with the illegal immigrants, primarily from Haiti. Have the Trudeau Liberals been caught off guard with this summer influx? Will they have the resources to process all of the claimants while they wait in shelters, a third of them children? 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Joining us on the line first to discuss is the federal NDP immigration critic, Jenny Kwan. Jenny, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How did the situation get to this point? Well, by the Liberal government ignoring the situation right from the get-go. When Trump uh, formed government, and one of his first acts, of course, was to bring forward the uh, the travel ban targeting the uh, Muslim communities. And we knew that as a result of that, there would be implications. So back in January of uh, this year, uh, I raised the issue and brought an emergency debate into the House of Commons, to which uh, we talked about this and urged the government to take action, one of which was to suspend the Safe Third Country Agreement uh, and to address this issue so that we don't end up having asylum seekers, people fleeing the United States uh, at irregular crossings, putting pressure both on our border communities and, frankly, putting the asylum seekers' lives at risk themselves. So if we were to opt out of the third-party agreement, how would things change for Canadians? Well, uh, one thing is that uh, people would not have to, uh, would not be forced to cross at irregular crossings the, the way in which they are right now. The Safe Third Country Agreement is such that uh, the idea is the place in which the asylum seeker first land is supposed to be a safe country where they could make an application uh, for uh, refugee status. 
uh, and that's recognizing Canada and the United States are supposed to be safe countries. But since the Trump administration, clearly things have changed quite dramatically. The lived experience of asylum seekers indicate that. They are leaving the United States uh, at irregular crossings in order so that they can make an application in Canada uh, for refugee status. Why? I think that many of them no longer feel safe. When you have your president saying to you that, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, that you're a risk, that they don't like you, uh, and that they're bringing forward immigration policies that target you, uh, that's discriminatory towards you, how would you feel? You wouldn't feel very safe, would you? Let's get uh, some of the viewpoints of our listeners on this topic. 416-360-0740, We'll go to Sam and Brantford to start the show. Sam, go ahead. You're on yes, Zoomer Radio. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Not bad. I don't want to sound like a mean person, but the way I look at it is these people were getting a cab over to the locations. I watched them on the news uh, many, many months ago, and they were getting out of their cabs and just walking across the field into Canada, okay? Now, we spend millions and millions of dollars negotiating with the United States and other countries to uh, protect our borders, and yet we allow these people to come over just like uh, cows coming through a field. And and Jenny, Jenny Kwan, the NDP immigration critic on the line with us, are, are there a lot of these areas where you have unmanned borders where people can just freely walk across? I mean, obviously, we have the hugest international border in the world. Well, we haven't built a wall, uh, as the Trump administration wants to do. And so, uh, yes, there are uh, irregular crossings where people are uh, crossing over uh, uh, at these um, regular points of entries. And this has happened uh, over the years for many, many years now. Uh, and so this is not unusual in the sense that uh, that has been in place for some time in Canada. What is unusual here is this. The Trump administration is prompting people to do this and causing uh, an effect. And related to that, of course, that we have the prime minister who's saying that when Trump, you'll recall, when Trump actually uh, brought forward his travel ban, uh, the prime minister took to Twitter and actually sent out a message to the world to say that Canada welcomes you. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to put truth to those words, then you need to put action to that. And how do you do that? In order to, you know, the way to stop the irregular crossings um, is to suspend the safe third country agreement. Let people come through in an orderly fashion, and they will be processed like they would, like any other individual trying to make a refugee claim uh, in Canada. And then we would actually go through that process in an orderly way. And then minimizing, frankly, the pressure and stresses that's put on border communities. Imagine what life would be like for you in a border community, and this happened in Manitoba, by the way, Mm -hmm. and now it's happening in Quebec, uh, where people just show up in the middle of the night knocking on your door. You don't even know if you should open the door or not. Now, Canadians, by and large, are kind, compassionate people. That's why people say Canadians are so nice, and we are. 
And so, you know, we need to actually put truth to the words, and the prime minister needs to live up to what he said. And now for him uh, to be taking no action, to be pretending business as, as usual, is simply the wrong way to go. And we're frantically now trying to grapple with the situation, having emergency task forces to deal with the situation. This didn't have to happen. We could actually put a plan in place. And, we, you know, before it reaches a crisis situation, what we need to do is look at the situation for what it is. The Safer Country Agreement is impacting Canada in a significant way because of Trump's administration's immigration policies and rhetoric around the immigrant community. Jenny, just let me put this to you. How do you know that the situation is not being dealt with in an orderly way now that it's happened? Uh, Based on yesterday's meeting in Montreal, this task force, uh, the prime minister's reassurance, how do you know that things are out of control? Because that's the picture I'm getting from you. Well, I mean, I'm saying that things are not orderly. How do you call order when you have people and now, you know, about 200 a day crossing over uh, at irregular crossings to the point where communities have to set up makeshift uh, shelters, stadiums are being used to house asylum seekers. How is that orderly? In the wintertime, you know, I will uh, remind uh, your listeners and the prime minister that people actually cross over in the dead of winter, risking life and limb. In fact, there was a man from Ghana originally who crossed over from the United States at a regular crossing through Manitoba, and he lost digits, his fingers, due to frostbite. And uh, his application in the United States, by the way, were reject- was rejected. When he came to Canada, he made an application, went through a process properly, though at an irregular crossing because he was forced to do so, his application was accepted. Now, that man risked life and limb to get to safety. How unusual. That is the reality. How is this normal? I, I, I really just wonder how the prime minister would think that this is all just business as usual. Okay, I want to get back to the phones, but first I want to ask you, how unusual is this influx of 7,000 people over recent weeks? Well, it is unusual uh, in the sense that, um, you know, this number compared to last year, uh, it, we've already reached the number that we did in the entire year for 2016. Now, that's not to say Canada in the past, we haven't had large numbers of asylum seekers coming to Canada. We have. Um, and the issue before us today is this. We need to address this properly. We know that the Trump administration and his rhetoric and his immigration policies is having an impact, and it is causing people to cross over at irregular mm-hmm. crossings to Canada. In order to stop that, what the government needs to do is to suspend the safe third country agreement, get people to cross over at the regular course of entry and process them accordingly. And so that we're actually doing it uh, through the proper channels. The other thing I think that's really important is this. The prime minister on your clip just said that, you know, the integrity of our, our immigration uh, process is intact. Well, I say that every single day that he doesn't take real action to address this issue, he is putting our in, the integrity of our immigration system in jeopardy. Why do I say that? The IRB is severely underfunded. Even before this situation, they were faced with a backlog of over 20,000. And in addition to that, they were having an additional 1,000 
cases added to that backlog, and the government refused to uh, fund them. And in the budget 2017, there were no additional dollars to the IRB to address the backlog. So he, by doing that, is putting the integrity of our immigration system in jeopardy. And now with this large influx of people coming through, more than ever, we actually need resources for the IRB to process cases. 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Mike in Toronto. Hi, Mike, go ahead. Hello. Um, Well, there's a lot of problems that we're having here. Like, I don't think the Liberals ever tell the truth. Uh, I have a friend of mine. He actually was an ex-terrorist cop in New York City, and we talk once a week or so. And he told me there's a lot of bad people coming in here. M16, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, uh, from San Salvadorian. They're already planting their roots here. We already have terrorists that were here, gone back to fight in Syria, and back again. I mean, like... We, my family, it took them over a year and a half to get into Canada from Europe. Mm-hmm. They did it legally. And this Trudeau guy, he's doing anything. He thinks he owns Canada. He doesn't. When he said, all are welcome, we are not like other countries, bingo. That was the end of it. And how long ago did your family come, Mike? Uh, in 1954, mm-hmm. uh, my mom was uh, 21, my dad was 19. And guess what? I was four months old. Okay. Yeah. And, and you and, came and you came in through uh, Pier Twenty One. Uh, yeah, in uh, Halifax. Yeah. I don't know. I was just an infant, but yeah, we went to visit it once there. Right. So what I'm trying to say is, like, this Trudeau guy, I don't know what he's up to. Okay. You know, it must be votes. It's got to be. He wants votes. That's what he wants. Well, he's saying that, and thank you for calling in, Mike. He's saying that you can have confidence in Canada's immigration system. Are you as a Canadian feeling confident? Let's go to Bill in Toronto. Hi, you're on Zoomer Radio. I have absolutely zero confidence in, in Zoolander. That's exactly what this guy is. You know, the movie Zoolander, that's his Zoolander prime minister. Your guests there going on about immigration... We're a sovereign country. We have borders. With just open borders, have we gotten George Soros here? Are we going to take in everybody in the world, every poor person in the world? Are we going to feed them, clothe them, give them places to live? Well, that's a, that's a good question. And what do you think about that? You know what? Well, let me just. I, no, no. I just sorry. I just want to finish up with Bill, and then I'll get back to you, Jenny. Oh, sorry. I yeah. think mm-hmm. Trudeau and the Liberals. Period. This is just a scheme to get more votes. They're just bringing people in that they know that are going to end up voting for them to keep the good thing going. And Trudeau will sell this country out for his own personal benefit so he can run with the elites like the Aga Khan and hang around and live a lifestyle that we'll never know. Okay, well, those are loaded accusations, loaded charges, but certainly you are welcome to your opinion. Uh, NDP immigration critic Jenny Kwan, your thoughts? Well, let me just say this. Um, Across the globe, there are 65 million people that are displaced at the moment uh, who are being persecuted, uh, who are in conflict zones. There's no question that we all need to internationally need to step up uh, and do our part. Canada's contribution is very small within the scheme of all of that. But right now what we have is a situation where people are being forced, I think, in many ways, uh, to cross over to Canada uh, through these irregular crossings. 
And the Trump administration is feeling that. And more than that, I think that they're feeling a situation where people feel that it is okay to be overtly, overtly racist and discriminatory. White supremacists are, are you know, popping their heads up uh, and, and, and really uh, putting forward uh, their sentiments uh, in a way that we haven't seen in generations. And our government, the prime minister, is really not doing very much about it. They're not standing up and having the courage to call Trump out. I think that sometimes you need to stand up to a bully and not kowtow to them and call it for what it is. If we see other people bringing forward discriminatory policies or saying uh, and, and taking uh, racist actions against other people, we should stand up. A prime minister needs to do that, and yet he refuses to do so. And here we have a situation where people are genuinely in fear in the United States, and that's why they're risking life and limb to come over here. Uh, and then what is our government doing? Not very much. Mm-hmm. And they're not changing the policy that will affect that risk that the asylum seekers are faced with, and then the border communities are having to deal right. with those kinds of stresses. Okay. It's we want in Quebec. It happened in Manitoba. Yeah. And I, I predict that it will continue to happen. We want to look at the legal implications of this influx. Immigration lawyer Giddy Mammon is on the line with us now. Giddy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, what, uh, once these people cross into Canada, what legally needs to happen? Well, basically, they have to have uh, their backgrounds checked by the RCMP. Uh, They have to file a basis of claim form, which is their immigration story, their refugee story. And then they're going to have a refugee hearing, and a judge of the Immigration Refugee Board is going to decide whether or not they meet the definition of the 1951 Convention on Refugees. And, And based on the number of people right now that are in shelters, how long do you see this process taking? It would be foolish for me to to even guess because, first of all, our board doesn't have anywhere near the resources to handle the existing load. We have a, a new a new refugee process system that's a few years old, and we have the legacy cases from behind uh, from uh, from previous to that time. So they can't even manage that, let alone the record numbers that are coming in now. So uh, unless they were to triple or, or maybe even quadruple the number of members, uh, I, I, wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't hazard a guess. And once they come across the border, uh, in this case it's illegally, what, as Canadians, what's our responsibility to them? Can you send them back, or once they've come over and they're on Canadian land, they have to go through due process? The 1951 Convention requires us to consider any refugee claim that is made from any country. So whoever's on our shores, we owe them a hearing. Uh, Our previous refugee system that broke down in the uh, mid-'80s broke down because uh, we we were overwhelmed with refugee claims. And I suspect that's where we may be headed. Uh, You know, you have to keep in mind that the reason that we're seeing Haitians right now uh, coming to Canada is because they're benefiting from the TPS, the Temporary Protected Status, which is expiring for them in January. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we have, um, you know, we we have a number of other deadlines coming up. The United States has uh, over 300,000 people who are benefiting from the TPS. And we're not even talking about that group. Behind that group is another 10 or 12 million who have no status at all. And, you know, the second that uh, President Trump uh, says boo, uh, a lot of people are going to jump to our border. 
So uh, right now, next year, we have uh, you know, El Salvador, whose TPS is expiring. There's about 195,000 of them. Keep in mind, uh, there's only 50,000 Haitians under TPS in the United States. There's many groups, uh, El Salvador, uh, Honduras, Liberia, Nepal, Sierra Leone. There's Somalia. Uh, there's all kinds of countries who are benefiting from TPS. And if Donald Trump does not renew those, uh, those, um, mm-hmm. uh, those visas, uh, Canada is going to be seeing a huge, huge spike in these numbers. I want your honest opinion. Do you think that uh, Justin Trudeau is offering reassurance while inside he's truly panicking about this? Oh, I have no doubt that everyone in Ottawa is panicking because the numbers that are being uh, thrown around are inconceivable. Canada typically receives about 15,000, 20,000 people um, a year, and we've been very comfortable in, uh, I'm sorry, in the refugee, pro- in the refugee system a year. Uh, we've been very comfortable with that. Now, maybe uh, Jen E. is right that we're not doing enough, and I certainly would support much larger numbers than historical numbers if we had a smart, sort of compassionate, managed, budgeted mm-hmm. refugee policy. But Trudeau is not in control of our immigration policy right now. The border is wide open. There's no attempt to seal the border. People are picking Canada. Canada is not picking people. And so that has to be reversed. Uh, while we may be sympathetic to all these people who are coming across the border, we haven't selected them or their numbers. There are people right now, there's over 10 or 12 million people sitting around with UNHCR protection all over the world, and one would think those are sort of slam-dunk convention refugees. We can just go over there with uh, an airplane and bring back as many as we want in a managed and budgeted way. But right now, that's not happening. I think the Canadian government is going to lose its support because I'm constantly hearing, you know, anecdotally at dinner parties, you know, the restaurants, conversations that I have, um, people are becoming very, very worried that we no longer have a border. And there's a lot to be, um, you know, you you can't argue with that very Mm -hmm. much. You know, while people are paying, you know, immigration lawyers like myself to do, you know, express entry applications and investor applications, professional applications, and they see people basically, you know, crossing a ditch and being handed entry to Canada, uh, you know, people lose confidence in that system. Okay, I want to very quickly get to our listeners who've been waiting patiently. Paul in Mississauga, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Hi, Paul. Uh, Paul, very good. Yes. Uh, My background is this. uh in the year 1927, I was born, and my father, <clears throat> my father came across in 1928, and I came across 1929 duck at Halifax. Right. And our goal was, uh, my father saw an implement on his father's farm, Massey Harris. He read it as Moshoi Hodis. He says, "I want to go where they build them." He wanted to be a part of the country and be an apple farmer here, which I am, and I have a big apple farm here in Milton. And I can't get apple pickers. Do these people want to work? I don't know. Uh I don't want a lot of other people that I have to support. I'd like them to work like like we did when we came here. And we certainly wouldn't. My mother came with $5, and I think my father came with 10 Well, they certainly, I mean, that is an issue. They need jobs, and they need them quickly once they've gone through the process. Let's go to Natalie in Toronto. We are wrapping up here in about a minute, but Natalie, go ahead. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. What's your comment? Um, My comment is that I came here in 1996 Mm -hmm. uh, from South Africa, 
I had to wait nearly a year to get in with the proper uh, papers, and my son sponsored me. And I just cannot understand how these people come in. They get uh, apartments and condos without uh, financial checking. I had to produce... Uh, sorry, I had to produce um, my my checking yeah. uh, when I wanted to go to a, a, an apartment. And these people just get OHIP, the OHIP um, yeah. Okay. Cards. Okay, Natalie, I get your point. Fair. I get your point. I don't want to cut you off. I do appreciate your story. Just a final word here from Giddy Mammon. How that perception that it's much easier for immigrants now than it was back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, is, is, is there reality to that or is it a, a misconception? I'm not sure if there's a re- reality to that. The, there, the, the, the system of coming here to Canada is, is quite complex, and it takes a lot of time. Uh, but we have categories. For example, the apple uh, farmer was talking about needing workers. Well, we have an agricultural program that is well-managed, that is supervised. What we have here in this context in the discussion that we're talking about is a completely unmanaged system, and that's what's causing problems with the uh, confidence in our system. We have to move on to our pharmacists. I appreciate your time. Immigration lawyer Giddy Mammon and NDP immigration critic Jenny Kwan. Thank you both. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.